Lower your expectations. It's a hockey podcast from Lance, Coach, and Randall. Gabe Gifford Hockey is our Season 2 sponsor. Fantastic young man. He has recorded 21-hour stick time lessons and put them online as a course. It'll take your little champion through 20 hours of competitive hockey lessons. You can get more out of stick and puck with your child. It's better, and it's a lot less expensive than a regular private coach would be. Give him a look, because he's a great kid, and he's helped us out a lot. Hello, and welcome to Youth Hockey Podcast number 51. Uh, I'm sitting here alongside of Lance Alexander. Hello, hello. And do not forget Coach Ralston. Hello. He is, as usual, so excited to be part of the crew. As you could, uh, Coach Ralston's like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm 50-50 here. But that's I was just okay. going to throw it out there. I was, you know, the fact that we're at, um, as the uh, Romans like to say, L.I. Yeah, is pretty wow. uh, astounding in in a season. It's I'm... not even. It's not even the your total. I mean, you guys were at this for a whole season before I even jumped on, but we're. This well, but we don't even count that season, first. right? Just so you know, coach, we don't even count that one. We call it BC <laughs> before coach. Uh, before coach came on, we were we were lost in a in kind of a bunch of like really hot emotional takes, and now we're grounded and we have all the information at our in our fingertips, and that's why we believe that the that the uh, that the show has taken off so so much. Um, I, I I do want to uh, to to mention that uh, um. Uh, coach's daughter is thinking of doing the promotions on this uh, show and if that ever happens boom because uh, she is so much more savvy at the uh, internet and uh, social media and things literally all you will see is this show you'll go to Times square you'll be walking across Times square it'll say youth hockey podcast that's my guess <laughs> i might be right okay i was going to switch it up on you guys and instead of rink rundown i was going to say what do you have in your bag I was going to ask you one thing that is in your kid's bag that you found to be extremely useful or that you'd like to uh, show uh, as possibly being one of the things that uh, was very helpful in the development of your kid's understanding or use of the equipment. I don't care what it is. What is in your bag? You want me to go first? I'd love for you to do it, Lance. Okay, how about this? Here's one that's going to come out of left field. You ready? I am. I'm ready. Chapstick. Chapstick. And why is that, Lance? Uh, hey, very important when they get those dry, cold lips out in yep. the, the East Coast, man. You know, you got to protect those lists. And if you're going to be on outdoor rinks, SPF 15 or above, right, coach? Yes, exactly. Okay, so chaps, chapstick for you. Uh, if you don't mind, I will uh, take the next one. I A little helmet kit. Uh, they're $9.95. Uh, all the little screws that you get, and it has a little... Uh, um, uh, Phillips head screwdriver. Uh, how many times have you had to like retighten the front two screws on your kid's mask or cage or, uh, or, uh, you know, drill in something and you, and you have to like go to the pro shop and ask them to borrow a, a screwdriver or uh, just like work on it. Yeah. No? Yeah. You, you, you stole my thunder there. I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, well, let me tell you, Randy, I'm I got I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll take it back. Uh, what no, I meant no, to no. Okay, okay. 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 Well, I, no, I hold on. Yes, yes. And I, uh, I need to impart some truth on our audience here. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, just like a lot of other parents, you know, young, uh, squirt aged boys playing hockey. And that, I went out and bought two of them 
one for each hockey bag for the boys because you're like a good you parent, said, Randy, that a is good a parent that yeah. is such a critical thing to have right you always or some screw falls off at the worst and you always got to have it so and your that, kids always had a screw loose exactly and that <laughs> that in their bags randy game after game, game yeah. after game and i kept reminding you have that in there i have it in there finally the day came screw fell off Aww. in the middle of the game emergency they needed that kit so i go to the kit and it's in the bag and i open it up randy and yes. what did i find in the it's kit? empty that, it's that empty. <laughs> they like dumped it out they flossed yeah. it they've dropped yes. the screws there was oh, nothing in there nope and then you go to the second one you find out that they bartered it for like a clark bar right tell me the truth exactly yeah something yeah yeah i got you yeah, very true. You got to look for those screws. They're they're going to be in the in whatever at the bottom of the bag somewhere. Yep. Um, yeah. And probably more likely was the res, was the cause of a few times when you had to get that extra skate sharpening because those things are floating around in there and uh, you know. Yeah, same if you thing don't, to me. If you don't ever open them, if you leave the plastic on the container, you know what I mean. Like so, you don't take them out of their commercial packaging and you throw them in the bag, it's much less likely that it's going to empty into your bag. That's what I found. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, and, uh, just, and maybe trying maybe to help out it together. Or exactly. Trying to help out the world here, Raleigh. One youth hockey podcast listener at a time. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's definitely going to happen. Those, yeah. those uh, The cage is going to come off. The earpiece will be yeah. missing. Um, now, the one problem with that, though, is that the other thing that breaks is those uh, plastic clips that hold the the um the cage down on. yeah oh the chin and, guard, and, the, yeah. and, the, and on the, the cage yeah those break and those kits don't tend to have those in there so i don't know those are the things that are that are going to happen to you hockey parents a small young. sewing kit uh just so you know uh, uh if you're good at, at sewing uh for chin straps and things we've had to um have someone else sew chin straps for us Wow. Uh, yeah, where they just uh, doubled over and they, you know, because the the, that's, the actual that's next level. Oh, it really was. I mean, this these are people that uh, were were you know brought skills to the table. So I'm not saying everyone should do that. I'm saying uh, we've had situations where uh, people of great skill have helped us out like that. Speaking I have another that, good have, one. Have you ever yeah. had someone um, create a number <laughs> on the back oh, yeah. of the jersey? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, we used to get our jerseys from like lost and found like people, everyone else is like, you know, buying the Jersey for $700 and like half of the Gifford jerseys. Well, a good 90%, maybe a hundred, 110% of our jerseys came from like, Oh yeah. Eddie Lou had that Jersey last year and he didn't ever pick it up. And we're like, yeah, yeah. I like Eddie's number. Eddie's doing great. And we right. had this, we had that, we had a Lou Jersey. We had a, uh, we took Alexander jerseys before, didn't we Lance? Didn't we? at one point you certainly have yeah no i mean we so are how, the... now how did you handle the the first of all the number question that comes up like what what we're number whatever number that, we're just whatever number that kid was <laughs> that's that's it you know it's like if somebody else already has that number we're like sorry we had it first we just start lying lying and right. and, and and act a little unhinged uh, just like uh, the, uh, the the helmet thing, uh, act like your screws are just a little bit off and uh, hope that nobody like, you know, gets angry. Well, anyone that has uh, three children playing hockey, you know, deserves a break. That's kind of you, Coach. It's kind of you. 
but yeah, we we would just we got lucky that the the numbers were never. But we once took a number off for Jersey. We were none once number forty three, and then all of a sudden we were number three. You know, it's like just rip off the four. You know, right. and and it doesn't even look right, right? It was like <laughs> it was like a trailer. Still kind of see a little bit of the outline <laughs> yes. of the old number. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and the three is off to the side. I still remember that poor kid oh well oh randy's daughter's wearing an awesome helmet this year isn't she <laughs> lance would you stop making me sound this cheap yes i did borrow a, a, a bucket from my good friend lance alexander but uh just so you know it's her favorite helmet she loves johnny's helmet she's like oh man this is the best helmet i've ever owned so if it makes you feel any better my daughter is extremely excited about that helmet that is awesome now i have another great item that my sons carry in their uh, bags boy i really i really killed it with this topic didn't i Go yes uh-huh. uh the other item that they they like to carry in their bags are their ear guards because i think they've found that it provides much better protection being unscrewed and taken off the helmet and dumped in the bag than actually on their helmet as the regulations require I was going to say something. When you gave me that helmet, it did not have ear guards. So I have to take off her old ear guards and then put them, you know, kind of finesse them in because uh, it was going from a warrior helmet, I think from a bower to warrior, uh, which was not easy. Uh, but yeah, I do have them on now for my daughter. Well, uh, Coach, Raleigh, Coach Raleigh, uh, what's, in, what's in your bag? Um, yeah, uh, a hone or oh, good uh, choice. Yeah. yeah. And, and these things are cheap. We've talked about them before. Um, uh, get one because it will re-edge a, a gouged blade. Like mm. you don't usually, if, if you lose one edge or, or a piece of an edge that can be fixed just by taking the hone and just getting that gouge and really going over it because the hollow is probably still there. So, um, yeah, get, get one of those and have it, throw it in there. Uh, and also uh, we've talked about if you, you know, if you actually sharpen skates, so you have a, a home skate sharpener you need that anyway yeah but, uh, but even if you don't have one of those get one like i said you know you get them for seven eight bucks it's it's uh, relatively cheap coach again you're you're just you're on fire at the youth hockey podcast you know how to you know how to pack a bag basically now i think uh, everybody's ready everybody's ready to hit the ice hey, uh, speaking of bags <clears throat> yes i'm reminded of this do you guys uh, i know we did we had the grit bag. Did did you guys have grit bags ever? Of was that course. the one that was like a like a like a like a like a uh, some kind of pyramid? It was a yeah. closet. Yeah, yeah. No, we had one of those one one year. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that was like when your kid's young, and it, it seems appealing. Um, everybody's like, get the grit bag, you know, and oh, it's so great, you know. It's got a little, we've got a little shelf for your for the gloves and for the helmet and another one. And, and, you know, and they're super expensive because they're like a little suitcase yeah. and everything. Um, now, I would just say, honestly, go, if I could go back, no, don't, don't do it. And, and another thing, parents, get, have your kids carry their own equipment. I don't care how, how old they are. If they're little kids, you know, if they're uh, seven, eight years old, their equipment's not that heavy. Just get them in the habit of, you know, being responsible for carrying their own bag into the into the uh a rink and as soon as they can possibly tie their skates i mean i i have definitely known parents that were really you know um they were uh um strident about the you know my kids gotta gotta 
take care of their, you know, getting them their equipment on themselves and putting their skates on and tying their skates and, and the whole thing from like, you know, as soon as they could go out. Now, I, I get it. There's some people whose kids start so young, they're, five, you know, four or five years old. It's hard to, hard to imagine it, but, but really I, it's, I would emphasize, like, you know, try this, the sooner, the better, um, you know, it, it's part of the whole sport. Can I have one, one caveat to that? Yeah. If your daughter's playing and she looks a little tired, dad can pick up the bag. I hate to tell you this. This is a, you haven't haven't been around this, so you don't know this. It's it's new. It's it's kind of new. If you're pretty, pretty princess uh, of a daughter uh, looks a little haggard after, uh, after uh, uh, working out, you you pick up her bag and you you take it to the the car. Yeah. Well, uh, Randy coach her up as well, right? You got her on one hand, one shoulder and the bag on the other. I'm just saying that's exactly right. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you have to like pick up your princess and, and her bag and and her skates and everything else. uh, uh, Cradle her gently and take her to the car Uh, (laughs) because she is the most beautiful thing that you've ever had in your life. And so uh, all the rules about, you know, what they have to do, do not apply when it's, when it, when it's your daughter. Well, I'll tell you, remember Coach Dave, uh, not uh, our Coach Dave, but uh, our early years, that was his number one rule. The kids had to bring in their own bags. Uh, can yeah, I put, can I put one ca- like that too? Can I put one caveat on that? Yeah, unless it's your <laughs> Sorry. Oh boy. <laughs> he he went there and then he was like, okay, even even that's too much. I, yeah. I, I really have gone over. The- <laughs> I have. I'm sorry, guys. I yeah. just feel I feel bad for the boys of the Gifford family. They I'm sure that the pampering that they're seeing going on, I'm they're gonna get jealous. Well, were they as beautiful as my daughter is? Answer that question. Well, I hope they think so. <laughs> no, they're not as beautiful as my daughter. There's no way they're as beautiful as my daughter. My daughter is a little peach, and dad uh, has got to, you know, step in and and uh, and help her out. I mean, I've I've explained to him that this father daughter thing, it, it, that there's a there's an expiration on it. He's so and mean. So He's so like, let him have it. Raleigh is <laughs> like, you know, in two years she's never going to talk to you again. And I'm like, Raleigh, no. And you don't know. I wake up in night sweats from those conversations we've had, where you're like, oh yeah, I remember when my daughter cared about me, and I'm like, no. Yeah. Once uh, once they, you know, and I, I experienced the headphones are in, and it's just, you know, hey, how was work? Boom. Doors closed. <laughs> don't, don't. Oh God, that that hurts me so so bad. Just let me let me dang let me like think that everything's gonna be fine. Uh, uh, let me just. Oh God, that. Oh, I can't. Okay. Anyway, Lance, you have a topic for us today, and I hear uh, that your topic uh, might just help uh, some of those people that are in the wilderness uh, about getting an advisor. So, uh, if, is that an okay setup for you, Lance? Beautiful. So. Uh... Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Dave, I went through the mailbag. I don't know if you've seen it lately of the thousands of letters we're getting. And no. uh, I picked fine. out this one because I thought that it was a great question, something that everyone would want to know about. And uh, I'll cop to the fact that I have reached out to uh, some of my experts who haven't got back to me yet. And when they do, we can update this this topic. But uh like I said, one of our uh, one of our listeners from SoCal had some great questions. So uh, I'll start with question one. And the question one is, was when is it basically when is it a good time to use an advisor for versus an agent? 
And uh, so I'll, I'll start and then I want to hear you guys' thoughts because I think the most important thing it is for the parents to understand is that kind of in very general terms, an advisor works with amateur players and an agent works with professional players. And um, so uh, until you reach that point that your uh, son or daughter uh, isn't interested in amateur like NCAA, then it's it, it's okay to use uh, an agent. Uh, but, and I wanted to get some clarification because I know up until recently, uh, uh, an amateur player, a college player could not even have an agent. He could only have an advisor. And if he had an agent that disqualified him from the NCAA, and the reason why I'm saying it's a little bit gray now is because when I was looking on, uh, I was looking on the internet, and I guess specifically for baseball, they've changed the rules now that baseball players can have NCAA baseball players can have an agent, but to a certain extent and to certain capacity. So I believe they're starting to open it up. Um, so uh, because you know every time you watch the NHL draft, you see all these people all the agents standing there next to him. I guess technically they're not, they're not with them in an agency capacity. They're with them in an advisory capacity, but I'm wondering if you guys had any thoughts on that. Well, coach, uh, this yeah. is really, I've, I've never looked into this. Uh, this is probably not my uh, 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 bailiwick, but uh, I can tell you that uh, we've had friends that have had, uh, they paid for uh, uh I guess, advisors, uh, they pay for them on a monthly basis or they pay for them once a year. Um, and I've heard that the cost is, uh, is, uh, very scary to me, but, um, I will say that, uh, um, you know, they do good work for some of these kids that, uh, don't necessarily want to tell a coach that they're going to move on to another team or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I can see where they would have their value. I just don't necessarily, uh, dive into that pool. So coach, you might be able to help more. Yeah, um, well, I, I've I've been reading a lot. Uh, you know, I follow uh, various organizations that are um, that are advisory advisor organizations. I guess would be a way of of saying it. Um, there's, you know, th this runs the gamut from like the single guy uh, who you know who has his uh, shingle out and uh, you know has has a clientele of players and has contacts usually in a region um to uh groups like the or group that's uh, pretty well known um i think um now lance you you might have some input into this but so i i was told because I have no firsthand experience with this, that there are some organizations. Oh, by the way, I, I threw out the or or group. Um, if that name sounds familiar, you know, Bobby Orr. Yes, absolutely. It's Bobby Orr's. That's what he does now. He has a, a management um, group, uh, AKA advisor group, and he represents players that they believe will be professional players. So um, they're busy with those players. Um you know, everything from once they get to a certain age, where they're training, who they're training with, what to be doing in the off season, um, you know, what decisions should they be making? What teams should, should they be looking at playing on? 
um, all these type of things these guys have input into. Um, uh, I, I've heard that there are some groups that, you know, they, if they're, they're interested in representing you, they're uh, interested in representing you on the basis of you don't pay them anything. And so you know that your kid is really like a blue chipper if one of these groups is representing your kid because you're not even paying them. They're, this is all based on the fact that they think that your kid will someday be a, a professional player and that's when they're going to make money, you know. Uh, right, but that. you know what? It gets, it gets tricky, uh, but that's exactly right. And where it gets tricky is, I mean, if, if, you're, if your kid's going to go off and play in the Canadian Hockey League, then it's not an issue. And like you said, these guys will represent you and, and cultivate that relationship because they're going to get, they're hoping or they're banking, they're going to get the payday when you sign that NHL contract. Right. Um, right. Where it gets a little tricky. What I've been told is that uh, like these actual agents who are out there advising you, helping you at the end of the day, it, it, you're, it's a fine line where you, could violate the NCAA rules because that would be the, that would be, you're basically getting like free services, which is against the rules. And so my understanding right. is if you're using a person and he's going to help you uh, and provide services and you're going to go to the NCAA, you have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And you have to pay a certain amount because this is too, where I'd asked our advisor, because uh, one of the questions that we were asked is like, what's the price range? Well, it's interesting because like you said, Randy, I know people who've gotten advisors really inexpensively. And then there's other people who who are paying a lot more. And I was told that there are specific guidelines from the NCAA that, that all these advisors have to abide by. And so if you if you're if you're audited or you're challenged, the advisor has to show like what did what services did they provide? And if they provided, you know, what the NCA feels like is four thousand dollars worth of service, but he was only charging you a thousand dollars, they're gonna, you know, I mean they're gonna avoid your amateur status. So so do your homework and and you know, and I'll be frank with you, some of the people that I know that got these um discount advisors for help. At the end of the day, I don't see where they were there for their person. You know, there's one particular instance where the person was calling me, asking me for advice on, on uh, you know, my kid just got cut. Where do I go? Who can I talk to? Do we have connections? And I, and, and I was thinking to myself, well, isn't that the job of your advisor? Shouldn't he have those connections and shouldn't he be? pushing your player into in front of the right people, you know, I mean, that's part of the service in my mind. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, th this is uh, this is a conversation that I've been kind of eavesdropping on where, um, you know, a, an advisory group or advisor who uh, is sort of um, I guess they're focused on the, like the Metro, um, Washington DC Maryland area which does produce uh, you know some pretty good hockey teams and players but it's not uh, it's not like Boston or one of those other areas um, and this advisor was talking about things like um, you know people talk uh, people saying um, you know I had an advisor all year and the advisor barely spoke to my kid 
um, we, we just never heard from them. Wasn't, wasn't, uh, you know, really providing much of a service and, you know, then, so, you know, then when the, the contract was up the next year, we went to a different one and then we had a totally different experience. And one person was saying that, uh, you know, their experience was that with their advisor, that like their, their kid is in pretty frequent contact with the, with the advisor, the advisors evaluating clips, um, giving advice, uh, identifying areas that uh, he feels the the uh, player clearly needs to improve upon. It's a sort of, you know, uh, here's, here's the medicine. Um, but, but there's, there's more of an active role beyond this other stuff, which, which, you know, again, is another thing that supposedly a lot of advisors are supposed to be able to do, or, or at least helping you do is like, you know, your kid, um, you know, goes to a particular team and like you said, gets cut and um, like a junior team or something. And it's like, well, where, where to play now? And the, uh, some of these advisors are good at finding these organizations. They have contacts with people and they can go and say, hey, hey you know, let me tell you about this kid that I, is in my, you know, uh, group and uh, this kid's good and be perfect for you for what you're looking for or not, you know, those type of things. So it seems like there's a whole, you know, quite a, quite a range of, uh, people and what they potentially provide or don't for this. Um, what, what, what's, what's your experience with it? Have you, have you had one uh, advisor now or multiple or? Just, uh, just the one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and like I said, I'll be frank with you. He, uh, exactly what you just said, uh, on the, on the heavier side. So he's in constant, uh, communication with my son um he is uh his his agency uh has like these uh zoom meetings all the time with maybe a nutritionist maybe somebody who's who's approaching the mental side of the game uh he's watching instat video and uh and guiding what what needs to be done what doesn't need to be you know what what he needs to work on what are some of the strengths weaknesses you know talking about diet um in communication with the coach and giving him feedback and, and saying that uh you know this is what the coach is saying this is what he's seeing this is what he expects uh you know for you to be successful and then the other big thing is that he's in communication because of his context, he's in communication with the NCA. And we just went through, uh, you know, he was asked by the agency specifically to go to uh, a specific uh, camp um, so that the NCAA schools uh, or certain ones would evaluate him. And then after the fact, he sat down with, with my son and went through, this is what they said. This is what they liked. This is what they didn't like. This is what they need if they're going to commit to you uh, in the future. And, you know, and, and, you know, being honest, it's not cheap. And, and again, you, you've, you've got to pay for those services because if you're getting all that and it's free, um, like I said, unless there's a way you can sneak it through the back door, the NCAA isn't going to like that. They're not going to approve it. I mean, you know, we were told, uh, uh, when when Chris got in the mail like a hat from a WHL team, we were specifically told you either A, have to send it back to them, B, send them money, or C, 
donate it to a charitable organization or you or the NCA will challenge you and say you got paid for hockey. You know, so I know these right. rules are tough and stringent. And so my advice is be careful. You know, if somebody's offering you something for free, you know, make sure it's not, you're not going to pay and, you know, on the back end with maybe eligibility or something. Sure. But to, but to be clear about that, I, I don't, I don't want people to get too, you know, too paranoid about it. A lot of that that you're talking about has to do with a long, long-standing uh, thing between uh, Hockey Canada and the NCAA. And uh, I don't think, you know, like, because, I mean, I see kids, you know, I've seen kids all summer wearing gear they got at various camps for, um, for U.S. junior teams. Um, so, uh, yeah. I it's mean, interesting, isn't it? That the U you can like, like the Canadian teams certainly appear on the surface to be very similar to the U S yet they're considered by U S standards, they're considered pros and the U S junior teams are amateurs. So it's, you know, I know there's a dynamic, a political, I, I wonder, I also wonder how long, how much longer this is going to occur because it's, you know, I keep hearing that they're, you know, that, that there's a possibility in the not too distant future that they'll just do away with this and stop, you know, the, and just work something out uh, so that players can kind of go back and forth between the two without this whole thing. But I mean, I, like, I, again, like it, does it kind of makes any sense? Like you can play in the USHL, and playing the NCAA, you uh, <laughs> you are ostensibly in that period of time a professional player. There's no difference. You play the USHL; they're paying for your gear. Your your all your you know you're paying what just just for your room and board, I guess. You know, um, you're uh, you can be traded. It's about as close to being a professional player as you could be without being one. You're just not being paid, and. Uh, and then, and then you get recruited, and that's the the number one place where the NCAA recruits from is the USHL. So what's what's the difference there? So anyway, I don't know. I, I you know I have this feeling like we'll talk about this and we'll be like, yeah, we'll get all right. the rules down, and then next year all the rules will change, and it'll, you know everything we talked about will just be. Well, you know, Chris wanted to clarify for you guys too, which which is true uh, that when you're in the Canadian league. Um, Part of the the one thing that they do that the U.S. juniors don't do is they give you a three hundred dollars a month uh, stipend to spend on food, on clothes, whatever you want. Yeah, but we have to clarify this. Those are Canadian dollars, so really, what are they worth? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, but, uh, you know, but like, said, a moment. what happens if why? I I just think it would behoove the Canadian league to stop making those payments. You know, don't pay the $300 and all of that. But I bet you they probably pay for your room and board. Whereas in the juniors in the U.S., you have to pay. You have to pay like 300, 400 bucks. I would go a different direction. I'd go a different direction. I would say that Americans should stop recognizing Canadian money as having any legal tender. Uh, and that way, whatever money they give you in Canada will just be considered whatever, right? Like, uh, who cares? Yeah, it's like uh, getting some some Monopoly. odd odd english coins exactly I mean, you can't yeah. use them for anything ducats. Here. it's like if somebody were to hand you ducats raleigh what right. would you do with a ducat 
Yeah, unless I was in the uh, court of the Spanish princess or something. <laughs> I would do nothing with it. You would do nothing with the I, I have a jar of such coins because oh, I've been you. to Europe and uh, half of them, I don't even know what they are. Like they. Uh, on behalf of, of all the Canadians out there, Kathy is shaking her head. And... Okay, okay. Lance, do you have any other questions from your uh, from your list? Yeah, you know, the other... Well, We're down to about five minutes on this podcast, so I want to okay. make sure you get through all of your questions. Well, here's, uh, you know, it said what service, that, well, here, I'll do this one first, because uh, it's quick. It, uh, she asked, if we decide to go to the NCA, do we still need an advisor? Well, my answer to that would be, is if your kid is kind of like on a Crosby or McDavid level, you probably don't even need an advisor, because every, uh, every NCAA team is going to line up trying to get you. And for for most of us, the advisor is helping you get noticed and helping you get that commitment from the school. So if you have a kid that's so good that he doesn't need any assistance to get uh, some recognition, which there are a lot of kids out there who don't, then you don't need the advisor. I mean, the advisors, like I said, I read. Well, uh, now it's funny because you say that, but you use the example of Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid was part of the or group. He was being, uh, you know, carefully um, brought along in his hockey career with uh, these advisors, um, having him work out with, uh, you know, in and be, training with other NHL players from a young age. And you know, I we've talked about a lot of these videos that you can see online when he was working up with uh, um, uh, Robert's group up in Canada, where a lot of the NHL players work out. And uh, you know, he was doing these workouts there from from a young age. Um, uh, you know. Uh, it'd be great to know what who talked to their parents and why and where and when you know but, but i uh, wonder though with Connor mcdavid i would assume he played in the canadian hockey league and and again once he made the decision to go that route you know he was in the fortunate position that i guarantee you the org group did all that advising and mentoring for free because they were going to get the payday on the back end yeah yeah well that so so that's here's the conundrum like what at at you know, you, you've kind of put it out there that that there's a possibility. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah, I guess maybe that's your point. Your point is we're talking about Canadians. Same thing with McKinnon. Same thing with uh, Crosby. I think they were all represented. I, I I wish now I wish I had asked because I did. Um, you know, uh, years ago, uh, talk to a dad whose kid was um, a U.S. kid had played at the same club that my son was playing at that year had was now playing at Mount St. Charles and his kid was represented by the or group. I don't, you know, I haven't checked any, I know the kids in 04, I haven't seen what he's doing lately, but um, I don't know, maybe they were thinking we're not going to do NCAA or maybe they were paying them some, some money uh, to get around this thing. I mean, you, you brought up a great question and I think we should hopefully get some answers and maybe, uh, you know, in a, in a future one, come back with this and really get this clarified for people. Because uh, I, I really didn't right. think about it, you know, That's a good, and, good point. Yeah. And then the last one really quick was uh, uh, just again, just kind of recapping the services that an agent provides versus an advisor. And again, uh, as we speak about U.S. players, I'll say, you know, the agent's going to broker a deal with the NHL when you're ready to go pro and sign contracts. Uh, the advisor is going to 
do the things that I told you that our advisor's doing, you know, kind of mentoring, guiding a kid who wants to go to the NCAA and play, uh, you know, uh, take that route and play amateur hockey for longer. Right. I, I wonder how much of a corollary there is on these. I, I mean, my, my, my take on an agent is that in general, agents are tend to be lawyers. It's, it's no different from the entertainment business. Uh, you know, you always hear about uh, actors or actresses and they say, you know, I have a manager and I, and I knew, uh, I knew a couple people here in LA that were, that's what they did. They were managers uh, or, or agents, I should say. Um, um, so you'd, you'd have an agent, you could p- potentially have a manager, two, two different types of people, each taking a cut of your, what you're making. Um, so you do hear, you know, these people uh, talk about this. Is is it a, a fair comparison that basically like an advisor is like a manager, a agent is an agent, an agent's going to negotiate a contract. If you're not signing a contract with anybody, then you have no need of an agent, nor is there any service they can provide. Right. Makes sense. Uh, so are there any more uh, there, Lance, or I are think we... that is it. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind, I was going to hit you with the, we got four minutes left. I was going to hit you with the how much do you know about a Zamboni uh, uh, quiz uh, between you and Coach Ralston? Uh, if, if you know, it's, it's not that hard. It's whoever's closest. It's like uh, Price is Right, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, so, h- how much do you know about a Zamboni? Uh, the most expensive Zamboni uh, uh, listed, uh, what is that price going to be? Three hundred thousand. Uh, go ahead and roll. I was gonna say seven hundred fifty thousand. Two hundred fifty thousand. But then you can uh, you can the the list price is two hundred fifty thousand. So I'm giving that one to Lance. You can then jack it up with a lot of different things. It says on the uh, on the website. But the 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 most expensive model model of Zamboni is two hundred fifty thousand. Wow. Yeah. There All you right. go. Okay. Than I thought. We'll go with Lance. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should get one. Uh, I do. Next, uh, how many pounds of compacted snow can a zamboni remove on uh, in in one uh, in one sheet? What is the most it can handle? What what? How much uh, uh, snow in pounds? Two hundred and fifty pounds. Two hundred and fifty pounds. Go ahead and rally. Mm, that seems low to me. I want to say three hundred pounds. Now, Raleigh, you are closer. It's 2,500 pounds of compacted uh, snow. 2,500 <laughs> that can, ha- that can what, handle. What are they, what are they uh, uh, resurfacing a lake? I have is no lake, idea. Lake this Ticonderoga? Is, this, is come, <laughs> this comes from your uh, Zamboni, <laughs> frequently asked questions, and how to guide. Okay, <laughs> what is the maximum speed of a Zamboni? It's one-to-one right now, so anything could happen. Ooh, I'm going to go miles per hour. Give me a miles per hour. 40. 40 miles per hour. And then Raleigh? See, I, I don't. Okay. I'll give you my answer. Yes. Um, 100 miles per hour. Wow. I am going to die on this hill. Okay. It says nine miles per hour is the maximum speed it goes on the ice. Uh, now, I don't know if you could probably. Maybe now, we should I just, would just say, yeah. let's, let's take one, put it up on a frozen glacier 
Yeah. <laughs> to see how fast that sucker goes. goes. I down. bet you it can go a You're lot right. faster than I'm not nine. giving anybody the points on that one, but there's one last question, and this will separate the men from the boys. Uh, what was the year the original Zamboni uh, uh, was invented? Ooh. It was invented in Paramount, California, so it's yep. uh, right in your backyard. Give me a year. Closest one wins this competition and takes home the trophy of knowing most about the Zamboni. 1935 1935 and coach raleigh oh that's i i was gonna say night like 1921 it was 1949 in paramount <laughs> california that frank zamboni son of italian immigrants the made his first resurfacing machine so uh lance this is the second one in a row you are Woo! i'm not gonna say you're on a roll but you're on something you are you are ripping this up uh i'm beginning to think that uh that you should be hosting and in fact lance uh the next episode you have hosting duties you have to call us in you have to get us ready for everything that's going on that's what you win so you're going to begin the next uh, episode no matter because you're you're on a fire okay even on ice you're on fire awesome i'm ready Okay, that is it for Youth Hockey Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, youthhockeypodcast at gmail.com. Ask us questions. Lance will take them down and try to get as much information as he can for you. And even if we don't have all of it immediately, we'll try to update it in the next episode that we do. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a week. Remember to visit Gabe Gifford Hockey. The link is in the description and the webpage below.